If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to Mind Pump. Welcome to your doom. Uh, this is the fitness show that tells the truth. We don't bullshit on this show. Not at all. Um, I, this is Sal Stefano. I'm here with Adam Schaefer and Justin Andrews. The one and only. And we're about to forever. answer some questions. Q&A time. It's the Q&A time. I like this. Uh, let's people start. Are, by the way, people are getting better at questions. Yeah. I mean, we just did. We dedicated actually an episode to yeah. a question that was so good. So, yeah. you know, applauding you guys. Um, for the most part, we have some pretty good questions on it. Ask yeah. questions. If it's a good one, you'll get a shout out. We'll definitely answer it. Yeah. And we do like talk about other stuff besides fitness too. Okay. I, I get bored of that sometimes. Just, yeah. say, just saying. I mean, we yeah, do that yeah, all yeah, day yeah, long. Yeah. I know most people are I know people, so. well, people want to kind of keep it, you know, within what we're we're preaching all day, but yeah, I we, we like to expand on that for sure. Yeah, well, I like Adam, to, Adam's feeling used right now. Like, <laughs> just use me for my fitness. Come on, man. Yeah, I, well, I got I, other sides to me. I do, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I like to, I like to see you guys squirm when we ask some like random questions. So I like, yeah. I like he loves that. the sex ones. I know that much. Of course he, he does. Because you guys get all squirmy, making dude. me all like all like red faced the other the other day. Sal so always has his go to like, well. I'm not very good for this one because I've been married for three. <laughs> you know, and then he dishes it right over to Justin. And Justin's like, "Oh shit, that didn't give me enough time." Yeah, and then I'm like, and then Adam deep comes thought, you and then know? Adam comes on the side and he's like, "Let me tell you about Listen. rim jobs." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first question, fuckers. Yeah, fingers. This is from Justin Justin Willis twenty one. His question what'd you is, talk about Willis? What you talk about? His question is, how important is body type in building the X shaped physique? And what kind of training can help you get that? So first we should explain like the X-wing. what he means with the X-shaped physique. This is the classic, um, I guess, bodybuilder type physique where you have the wide shoulders. That's the top of the X, right? The, the, okay. the small okay. waist, which is the middle, mm-hmm. and then the bigger legs, which is the bottom. So that's the X-shaped physique. And he wants to know. Symmetrical, very symmetrical. Very symmetrical, small-waisted, that kind it's of. the male know, version of the hourglass, huh? Yeah, the yeah. Aesthetic, aesthetic look. So... Is is body type important? Yeah, for X shape, absolutely. Yeah, let's. I mean, you think about it just from. Uh, I mean, it's a fact. Well, your bones. The, yeah, your bones. Exactly. You hear if somebody has a torso that is, you know, six inches longer than their, their lower half, that makes it's not going to give. It's not an X. Your no. hips are wide. You know. Like yeah, exactly. If you have <laughs> if you have wider you have wider hips. If you, I mean, there's just some things that you just cannot change. Now, can we? significantly improve our current physiques like what we are dealt absolutely absolutely and you can sculpt and you can shape and you can definitely get pretty damn close and i I believe you can almost achieve that that x even if you didn't weren't born with it i don't think you have to be necessarily born with it but i definitely think that genetics play a huge role in uh how how easy or difficult it is for you to achieve that you know it's i'm a perfect example i don't have wide clavicle i don't have wide shoulders you know i don't have a um the classic bone, you know, structure for the X-shaped physique. But what I did is I developed the hell out of my delts. Mm-hmm. And so when you see me working out and stuff, I've got really big delts. And so it creates the illusion that I might have more of an X shape. Yeah. But if you peeled all my muscle off and you put me next to someone who has more of a natural X shape like Adam, you'd see that his his shoulders are much wider. There's actually Mr. Olympia. The I think he, is Phil Heath still the current Mr. Olympia? Yes, yes. He's got narrow shoulders. 
but he's got massive ass delts. Yeah. And so he gives him that wide delt look, but he doesn't have, you know, wide shoulders. And I have a really naturally wide back, but then I have my, my legs are really long. So I have a really, really long, long, right. long legs. I'm six foot three. So, you know, my origin insertion on my calves is short considering how long my legs are too. So I definitely do not have this naturally symmetrical physique whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's taken a lot of, I mean, and it's just how I train is uh, obviously, I mean, I'm still not, in my opinion, my lower half is nowhere near as balanced and symmetrical as my my upper. And it, I do three times the work on my lower than I do on my upper body, but yet it just doesn't, you know, it's it takes that much more work for me to even stay close, you know, so, and everyone's different. So I think genetics play a role, but I think you can get it pretty close. Like I, I like to think I'm pretty close, you know, I, I like to think that, when I get up on stage, I mean, that's what they're looking for, you know, when it comes to men's physique. They're looking they're, for the exaggerated X, X, X physique. Yes, exactly. Definitely. That's what they're, they're looking for. So I'm doing my best to create that illusion as much as I possibly can. Yeah, so I, I would say the exercises that you can focus on, definitely want to work on your delts, definitely want to work on your lats. Well, it depends. Width. It would depend on the person, right? So if you're right. someone like me who has the wide back, then you have to put the extra work in the legs. If you have the natural legs, right, or right. you know, so it would depend. That's how you would, just like you, what you said with the shoulders is a great point. That's perfect for somebody who has narrow shoulders. If you have narrow shoulders, working on the deltoids and, and really working on that the wide wide back, getting that wider back so it mm-hmm. creates that illusion that you have a smaller waist, like absolutely, you know. So but that's for that person. You know, if you've already got a really wide back, but maybe you have, you know, really small legs, well then your ass needs to be doing more legs. You know what there's there's not enough emphasis on um, thickness in the back. We all talk about how wide a back is, but oh, yeah. You, if you look at someone from the back walking away from you with the shirt off and they have a really wide back because they do lots of pull-ups and stuff, but they don't have good depth, it, it doesn't look impressive. It looks terrible. It doesn't – and I've seen football players – Pancake look. It does. And I've seen football players who are lean who probably never do a pull-up uh, but do lots of cleans and, and rows and deadlifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the widest lats, but they have a thick – Back and upper back, they have what's what's called a thick yoke. They call it. Yeah. And that shit looks impressive, man. <clears throat> yeah. You know, when they're walking away from you, you know who had a crazy thicknesses back. There's this one photo of Dorian Yates back in the day where he's re- go, waiting to go on stage, and it just looks like two columns of muscle going down from his traps all the way down to his his glutes, mm-hmm. and um, that just looks insane. I think it looks much more insane than just a wide back. Oh, absolutely. So I think the thickness is... Uh, that know. was my last focus on uh, on the maps and, and it was really... I put a lot of emphasis and changed some things up to focus on the thickness in my back. That's where... I started incorporating a lot of deads, a lot of a lot of deadlifting and deadlifting variations and rack pulls and things like that that I was not doing before to really add that thickness and even doing some specific hammer strength exercises, which I know you're not a huge fan of using utilizing things like that, but you know I was specifically hitting like my rhomboids and things that are like hard to yeah. like target specifically to give that illusion of a thicker back, you know. So um, definitely things like that. If uh, and th- and that's the part where you're not bound by genetics. Uh, because if you were, I mean, my sh- my shape is significantly different than what it was three years ago, three years before that, and three years before that. I mean, it just slowly but surely. And that's part of it, too, is that, you know, this shit takes time. You know, people don't want to admit that, that they don't want to admit that it just, you're not going to look, the before and afters when you see someone who's six months, most of those times, those people are into their 30s plus. They've already got a lot of muscle maturity on their body to do that. So, 
you know, there, where I, where I'm at now, there's no way that I could have achieved that at 22 years old. Just, you couldn't, it just takes time under the iron, just Mm -hmm. takes time of consistently doing that for years and years and years. And even being consistent and inconsistent and back to being consistent. Like, I mean, that's still, you're still slowly progressing over time and and putting in that, uh, that time under the iron. You just have to do that, you know, before you get to that point. So absolutely true. We're not bound by genetics, but absolutely does it, 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 it plays a role. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, so next question. This is someone who likes that. Uh, we actually like her question. She's, we've answered a few of them. This is from Cassie H628. And the question is, what are some of the top reasons that people have given us uh, for quitting, you know, wanting to quit their workout? And what do uh, we like say cli- to them? Like clients? Yeah, like clients. Like, you know, they don't want to work out anymore or even friends of ours or whatever. And what um, do we do to help what's, turn what's them around? What's number one? Well, I don't know. For you guys. Yeah, so well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Time is number one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is Definitely. I don't have the time. Yeah. Oh, you'll see. I'm married. Yeah. I have four kids. I have a job. Have the, uh, time. Time mm-hmm. is always. Yeah, there's always things that come in and interrupt it. And there's also, you know, situations where they get it. Like, I've had clients that have been in pain, and then it gets to a point where, you know, do I do surgery? Do I not do surgery? Do I keep at this, you know, at this slow progression of alleviating it and stretching and you know this daily battle kind of a thing so it's just it's tough man there's a lot of things you battle like you know as you as you get older unfortunately no that's a that's a good one because if you're exercising and something hurts um unless it's an injury Mm -hmm. you probably shouldn't stop um you just might want to change the way you work out to correct whatever imbalance is causing that pain but let me let me tell you something let's say you do need surgery let's say you need surgery on a rotator cuff or whatever um you're going to be better off strengthening all the surrounding Leading muscles going into your mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, the recovery is much faster. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I wanted to bring up that point. But then with Adam's point with making time, let me, let me tell you something. Time is the number one excuse for anybody who wants to quit anything. Um, not going to school, not learning this, not doing that. I don't have enough time. All of us, every single one of us on this earth has the same amount of time per day. We have 24 Dude, hours. Could, yeah. Everybody has 24 hours. You're the one that decides how to use that time. Absolutely. So you can decide if you want to take an hour out of your day to exercise or an hour out of your day to learn something or if you don't want to take that time of your day. And I have yet to find anybody who's literally too busy to exercise at all. Um, I've never – it's super, super rare. Most of us will watch TV at some point. Most of us will, you know – um, you know, do certain things so that, oh, I like to go shopping or I'll do this for myself. Look, exercise can be fit in and you don't need to work out a lot, man. You could look two, three hours a week. That's plenty to get in just better shape. You don't need to train like, you know, like we is, do. Is, is Cassidy a trainer? I don't know. I think she might be actually. Cause she, um, she seems to ask trainer type questions. So I wonder if she, if she is, this would be more helpful. I, I, uh, I uh, it probably I don't know three five years into into my career I started to get frustrated with these because it's common. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest, we're in a we're in a profession where more than fifty percent of the time clients fail. Yeah, you know that's so we're we're like baseball, man. I mean, that's we're like one of those sports where yeah, you, you know, provide the tools, but you you, you have to get per, active users. Seventy per, yeah, seventy percent of the time we fail. I mean, let's yeah. be let's be honest. Even if even if you're the most awesome trainer in the world, you'd be lying. But if that's you, that's still a higher success rate than on their own. Oh yeah, but oh, I know what you mean. It's yeah, tough. Yeah, well, but the. And here's the tough part. The tough part is this, what she's asking, which is, you know, people quitting, people quitting on it, not following through. So one thing that I, I used to, you know, I was always trying to get clients to make money when I first started. And then my attitude changed when the money came, when the money came. And then I became, and then I like to say, then I started to focus on being a better trainer and part of becoming a better trainer uh, when I would get somebody, I used to it almost take away. It was, this is going to be challenging. 
it's it's to me i explain it like this is like somebody who's contemplating whether they think college or going to school and and making the sacrifices for four years is going to be worth their time or not you know because that's a lot of time someone puts into school you go for you go to a four-year college or you go on beyond that that's a lot of time that you dedicate into something in hopes that it's going to pay off in the future for you right right well, the same thing happens when you sign up with me. You're going to spend six months to a year minimum with me, and here's the deal. It's going to be tough. There's going to be times where you're going to make sacrifices. You're going to wish you could have done this. You wish you would have done that. You're going to be frustrated with me. You're going to feel like you failed sometimes, just like school, just like that. You're going to go through those same those same pains. But I tell you what, if you graduate, you make it all the way through with me, I yeah. guarantee it will change your life, and you'll look back at it. Even if you decide you're not going to keep this fit lifestyle up for you, you'll now have the tools and resources to change your own life at your own will and dispense whenever you want to. I guarantee, no matter how much that how much it costs to spend that time with me, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you can explain that to them at the very beginning. And the other thing is too, like Sal was saying with time, like everybody has the same amount of time in your day. Like, so I'm making you commit to, to that, that this has to be a time for you every single day. It doesn't mean you have to come to the gym every single day, but there needs to be a time in the day that can be the time that you can work out. Whether you gotta get up an extra hour earlier b- before work every single day, or you gotta stay an extra hour later somewhere, or you're gonna make it happen on a lunch break. Something that you consistently do, just like you brush your teeth every day. You never make an excuse there wasn't enough time to brush your fucking teeth mm-hmm. or take a shower. These are just things that you become habitual. The gym is a lifestyle, something yeah. that you have to do for the rest of your life if you're looking for longevity, overall health, and trying to change in, in your physique, right? So mm-hmm. you, if you're gonna do this, you have to learn to make it a part of your, your lifestyle the same way that you eat, breathe, sleep, and, and brush your teeth. Well, and, I, and too, to, to kind of be, I don't know, like just thinking about this as far as like clients that want to quit and like that sort of mentality, um, you know, leading into it, like you're, you kind of know what you're dealing with, right? And so you're going you're gonna to have battles with certain people that are coming in that are going to have certain preconceived notions of what to expect. And, you know what, you're, you're just not going to win everybody over with your philosophy, with your, you know, way of looking at life. It's going to be completely different and that's okay. The, the thing is, is that you can infuse, you know, whatever sort of philosophy that you have that you hold dear into this person and they have to accept it. If they're not going to accept it and they're not going to run with it, you know, that's, that's them, you know, that that's in their, it's in their ball court. And so, you know, I, I get frustrated with that sometimes because maybe somebody isn't making progress or maybe somebody isn't doing the exact things that I told them to do. And then they come back and they have, you know, they watch something on TV like, oh, Dr. Phil told me that if I did X amount of stretching, it's going to extend my life, you know, this long or whatever. It, this happens all the time. And, and you're giving them constant information and you're educating them constantly. You just have to be set in the fact that you know what you're doing. They're paying you a service to educate them, to uh, help further them in their pursuit, but it's their pursuit. It's their journey. It's their progress. It's it's completely in their court. And so it, once you start kind of uh, pulling yourself out of the equation that, look, you know, you have to keep referring to me as your resource. Like I'm here in your corner and I'm cheering you along, but this is completely your journey. What's that saying? You so, can bring a horse to water. That's it. Yeah. That's all you can do. I, I, a good tip. You, you make me uh, think of something else that along the, these lines is that I started doing this later on too, where I started setting uh, smaller, shorter, obtainable goals to teach them through. Something that I found out with clients is that you 
you could tell them all day long, like you do this, you do that, you do this, you're supposed to do that. And then what happens if they don't stick to it, they don't, they don't go through it. They don't ever really believe it or they don't, cause they don't, they never get to feel it or they never get to see it themselves. Yeah, they didn't quite get there sometimes. Yeah. yeah so, that's so, frustrating. so, so what I'll do is I'll set small things like that I'm trying to teach. Like, so let, let, let's say you're teaching like program design, like we're, we're talking about with Justin right now. And, and the difference of if we were to work out this way with weights train this way for two to three weeks and then watch what happens when I switch you up, watch how your body feels like the things you're talking about right now, how you feel. And so we'll do, this is all I want you to focus on. I don't want to focus on the scale. I don't want to focus on the weight. We're not going to get really crazy in the nutrition. Let's just talk about program design. We're going to focus on that. We're going to do that for two to three weeks, let you feel it. Then I educate you and I teach you on it. Same thing with nutrition. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Now we're going to really track your protein and we're going to focus on that and look for good proteins and throughout the day and start making good choices on all your meals just that. Yeah, it's worry one about, thing. Yeah, one thing at a time. It, and it really shift. amounts to that one thing. And they've done study after study that, you know, if, if you want to make a change, you have to focus on one thing. Exactly. Right, not everything. You can't once. do everything. And it, well, you know what reminds me of this? And I feel like this is where I got really. Uh, so, one sport in my entire life have I ever tried to do and felt like I don't want to do it because I, I like I'm so competitive. You give me something, anything, and I've never done it before. I'm going to want to get good at it. I'm just like that. And I'll keep doing it until I'm pretty competitive in it. Golf has, <laughs> has like been. Yeah, the, I was just talking to uh, Sal about that. He actually. was telling me Adam yeah. would love golf. Oh, Adam, has, <laughs> Adam, Adam already went through his golf phase already. Adam has got Adam's got already? freaking. Oh, bro, I have freaking tailor made sick ass clubs. I look like Tiger Woods out dude, there. I, I there looked sick, dude. Back, I got I him was, into it. I was going three, four days a week trying to get good at it, and then. But here's the the analogy that I'm giving <laughs> why I use golf being such a nightmare is because. There's there's so many little things with biomechanics and that and stuff form and technique with that sport and it's such a it reminds me of personal training. There's so many minute little things yeah. that you can do in personal training to make all the differences, right? But they're they all are meticulous. but they all work together and they one without the other really doesn't just because you roll your wrist perfect in golf yeah, if your hips are all affects, fucked up yeah it's gonna screw so in a huge way it affects it, it does in a yeah. huge way and that's how I feel. Uh, training is and teaching somebody and my buddies used to teach me used to drive me nuts because they would give me all this shit to think about yeah and i'm like that is so much for me to think about through this swing it's like i had to stop going with them i go by myself and teach myself because i'm like okay i suck at this i'm just gonna keep swinging and right. thinking until i get really good at this and then when i notice i got that really good at that okay now i'm gonna start now focusing you add on, on layers yes yeah and, and i'm like god this is so much like teaching somebody training. And for so many years, mm -hmm. I want to give it all to you. The nutrition, the workout, the cardio, this yeah, and that. Yeah. So now I always have to tell clients to pump their brakes. I just yeah. did this with a girl the other day because she was lighting me up because she felt like, I feel like I haven't learned enough yet. I'm like, listen, this is why I make people stay with me for months. Because over time, we're going to come across all these things and I want to teach you one thing at a time. You still haven't proven to me you can do this yet. And have you noticed? Yeah. Have you, you want to move on to this already? Like, yeah. Have you, yeah. Have you noticed every time you get like a new client, like it's changed? Your approach has changed from every single new person you oh, get. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you're always trying to like improve. You get better. Yeah. Well, you get better, but, but as far as like being a minimalist, yes. right? So you, you've learned to, to simplify the approach from the very beginning because yes. that's what works the best. Absolutely. And so, yeah, just focus on that. Great advice, fellas. Next question is from KVN Horney, H-O-R-N-E. Uh, the question yeah. is... <laughs> is it a guy or a girl? I, I think it's a guy. Um, I don't think a girl would have a horny. Kevin's uh, horny? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Horney. Yeah. Kevin's horny. Well, there it is. Uh, what it, when is the proper time to wear a weight belt? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you. There's really, uh, I could think of a few exercises that you should wear a weight belt. And pretty much every other exercise, if you wear a weight belt, you're a douchebag. Oh, dude, you're going to go that strong. Ah, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. going to go that Cold strong. I was, I was wondering if he's going to go that strong. On oh, him. yeah. If you're, if you're doing curls. Going hard in the bait. Yeah, if you're doing curls and you're wearing a belt or you're doing tricep press down and you're wearing a belt, you're a douchebag. Yeah, you're a Idiot. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, weight belt. No core strength. Yeah. B- uh, barbell squats, uh, deadlifts, uh, maybe like heavy standing push press. How about how about like a heavy single dumbbell row? Uh, <laughs> may, may, uh, maybe. Maybe. No. Mm, yeah, maybe not. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> Adam's like, I'm I don't even have a belt. So you guys know, you just can't talk shit to me. I don't even own a belt. Yeah, so yeah. I don't use a belt for anything yeah. right now. Well, I, I, and the I other thing, yeah. use the belt when you're going really heavy. So if you're doing sets of like real heavy weight, when it's and weight is all uh, yeah. Relative, if you're like right? maxing out, I mean, yeah, if you're doing one, really, if you if you need to wear a, a weight belt and you're doing like a normal part of your exercise routine, yeah. you're overexerting yourself. Like you're you're if if you have to compensate by arching your back and you and you have to like you know throw momentum into the mix, like you're not strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. You're not strong enough to pick that weight up. It's just a, it's a simple fact. Like just, and I know some people get butt hurt about the whole wrist wrap thing and like all this kind of stuff. If you're not strong enough to grip that shit, you're not strong enough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that. That's a, that's that a, happened to me last week. I'm sorry, so dude, pissed, but yeah. that's the real deal. Like if you can't fucking hold it in your hand, you're not strong enough yet. Yeah. But you know, if you have issues where you are strong enough and like you've hurt yourself or whatever, that's where the uh, well, exception is. Well, I'll tell you what, I, 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 <laughs> I wear a belt. Like, yeah, so when yeah. I, when I squat, I wear a belt anytime I go above three fifteen. Um, when I deadlift, I wear a belt when I go above, you know, four Oh five. Um, and that's pretty much it. If I do front squats, I'll wear a belt when I get it to like two seventy five. Um, and that's just for safety because I only weigh 200 pounds. I'm lifting a lot of weight for a guy my size. And if my form breaks down when I'm at the bottom of a squat or when I'm bringing a deadlift up, the belt is going to give me a little bit extra insurance. But really, other than that, you know, why? Why wear, unless you're going to wear a weight belt for your whole life and just walk around every day wearing a weight belt, then you're going to get stronger with a weight belt on and not stronger without one. Well, I think if you're really trying to press forward, right? If your if your ultimate end goal is to like increase like your overall weight, like you want to get stronger, and, and you know, I I see like if if I'm getting closer to my max, then yeah, I'll, I'll wear a weight belt. Mm-hmm. You well, know? here's and here's the thing that I I see, and I don't know if, I don't know his his uh, tag or I mean his um Facebook name or Instagram name, who he is, is what he looks like, if he's a competitor or somebody trying to get into that world. But it's extremely popular popular in my world. If you're if you're not wearing a belt, you're wearing a squeam. Oh, the, oh my god! Yeah, those are like the two things right now. And they wear them for waist, the whole they call workout. that waist yeah. training, right? Yeah, waist training is the new waist training and squeams are the the biggest thing in the in the com- competitive world right now. And it's probably one of the biggest things that drives me crazy. And I'm like with Sal. I'm I'm with Sal and you on on the belt thing. Like I don't use belt. I don't even own a belt. I actually want a belt. Because there, you know, le- recently you guys got me into lifting heavy again. I haven't been doing heavy squatting and deadlifting in God knows how long. Right. And I've gotten back into it, which has gotten me into going a couple times. I've wanted to go. Then I haven't. I've actually not really maxed out on anything because I'm afraid to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like I'm afraid to stack four plates oh, on a squat, yeah, or I'm, I'm afraid in. to rack six six plates and and pull. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get close. I'll get close, but I never do something that I have. I haven't failed at anything. I haven't dropped the the barbell. I haven't dumped the weight yet. I haven't pushed myself there. 
And, you know, if I was going to push myself to that place, I'd like to have a belt for that, for right when I'm about to take it to failure with a bunch of shit on my back or pulling a bunch of weight. But I mean, I can do, I can do sets of two, two to four all day long with no belt and, and moving heavy weight. You know, I'm not like I'm doing not a uh, heavy weight. I'm still moving heavy weight, but uh, there, to me, it's so, it's so unnecessary and it's become so popular because the fact that you're, you're basically killing the core because you're trying to, you want you that. Atrophy it. Yeah. It shrinks. Trying, you're atrophying it's the core. replacing its job. Yeah. You and, know, your, your muscles have jobs. Yeah. And, and the job of the obliques is to stabilize your spine when you're going left to right, when, you know, it, it, it's holding everything together. Well, look, if any of you listeners have ever broken a bone and had to wear a cast, what does it look like when you take the cast off? Yeah. No muscle. Everything's gone. Well, that's what a squeam is. And that's what wearing a belt all the time does, is you're allowing the muscles to weaken and atrophy. And in your world, in Adam's world, the physique world, or, you know, these competitive world, they're trying to shrink their waist. Um, by any means possible. And so they're going to shrink it by making the muscle smaller, so which is ridiculous. So in other words, if if you're not a competitor you're doing it, you're really stupid. And if you're a competitor doing it, you're just stupid. Yeah. yeah. So, there <laughs> it is. If yeah. you're a competitor, you're doing yeah. it, you're stupid. If you're not a competitor and you're doing it, you're, you're really, really stupid. stupid. Because there's yeah. really no reason. Because you should be overall performing. You don't care if you're wasted. Yeah, this is where I completely step out of, of that world and that mindset. Like, I don't understand it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I, You're freaking I stupid. Think it, I think it's so ridiculous because I have not heard a judge tell somebody this really like and i haven't heard anybody uh lose because they're they because they just a, yeah they, they were too muscular in their waist yeah you know it's just it's trying to create that illusion more they're trying to like i said right. make the waist look so much smaller and the, the upper back so much wider but really is is it making your physique that much different like eh, yeah. i don't know i've seen a lot of these guys after they wear their screams and stuff and yeah it does look a little bit different does it look better i don't think so no if you want to get you don't have any, if, now you know your waist have you you if, they look crazy they look these tiny waist and it looks all it looks tiny and boxy because it has no muscle shape to it. Uh, so it, it, yeah, you look. Well, it's just like then just get like your calf implants and get your freaking plastic surgery and get all other shit to go with it. Right, <laughs> just yeah. do, do it all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Do it yeah. all. Yeah. Be fake on. completely. Do yeah, it all. you you can also just practice like the old timers. They used to they used to practice uh, vacuum poses, and on stage it would make their waist look smaller. Yeah. So you know you could you, you can actually strengthen muscles that pull in your midsection to give you a smaller waist rather than weakening yourself like an idiot. Yeah. So, uh, Doug, how are we doing on time, Douglas? Yeah, we have time for one more. Good. One more question. Is that okay? You guys want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Right, right. Dude. All right. So this is from 101 underscore South. And the question is how to get better at bench pressing if you don't have a spotter. Oh, that's all right. Considering, is, considering I've never had a spotter. Love the bench press. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You, since you're probably the best bencher here, uh, yeah. Justin, uh, you got uh, nice pectorals. You know what? I'll, I'll claim that because you, know, yeah. you, you got the deadlift. I got the I got the benching. That's for sure. Yeah, no, um, I don't really have anything. <laughs> you got stuff. <laughs> it's okay. He's just the, the best no, looking. I, I really don't have anything. That really sucks. Looking. What are you best, talking about? Have the best quarter turns? Yeah. yeah. That, that's, <laughs> fucking re- that's fucking real cool. Yeah. yeah but you got the veiniest calves. <laughs> the veiniest calves. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. the sexiest. Uh, I do uh, have the biggest cock, though. Oh yeah. Well, and there it is. I was waiting all yeah, night. Waiting. We haven't had it. I was waiting for Justin to steal just, it from me. He stole it from me last night. What can I do with cock tonight? <laughs> Somewhere in there, I don't know. I'll always find a way. Pull to it out whenever I think of it. <laughs> Innuendos. Um, yeah. So what, one thing that I like to do uh, that I that I just got into maybe about a year ago or so um, 
now that they have the kind of squat racks where you have pegs that you can um, hang rubber bands from, um, this has been a, a great thing for me because I'll, I'll hang it from the top and, you know, it, it sort of acts as a spotter uh, in the fact that it alleviates a bit of the load for you down at the bottom of your lift, right? Mm-hmm. And so that way you can really focus on, uh, uh, you know, pressing your way through and really driving your way out with, with a little bit of help externally for that. So um, I've, I use the bands from that sense. Um, and then I also... I don't know. I, I what about, use. What about safeties? Like well, a lot of benches have safeties. Well, now. Some, yeah, some benches have safeties, and then um, you know, I'll, I'll actually split and I'll do I'll do single arm um, single arm work. You know, with some dumbbells, and, and I'll, I'll isolate a bit that way and just try and stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're just looking for for overall safety, yeah, they do have like. Um, you know, on the racks actually have those arms that that extend, and, and you, you can you can preset it so it's not gonna like you're not gonna drop it on your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do that. And the other thing too, when people ask me this question, what always comes to my mind is um, the reason why you want a spotter and you're afraid to, to bench without a spotter is probably because you're going to failure all the time. That you know, too. Yeah, you know, right. I, I don't, right. I don't, I don't need a spotter when I bench heavy because uh, I'm not going to failure. Now, when I'm doing singles, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll put the safeties on the on the rack or mm-hmm. I'll have a spotter. But otherwise, to get stronger on the bench, doing three four reps, which are real low. I'll pick a weight that I can do for five or six, yep. and then I'll do multiple sets of that. And you'll actually you'll actually improve faster that way anyway than going right. to failure. So you don't really need a spotter. So that's what here's what I do. I mean, and I, and you could I think Justin's right. Rubber bands, chains are also great. Um, <clears throat> you could also do like where you you start right at uh, the bottom and you actually have, oh, you dead, have start, rest, yeah. Yeah, dead start lift. Um, you could do a lot of things like that to help, but I think more than anything that will help you because I, I, this is just so you know, I train by myself all the time. I don't like training with people. Mm -hmm. And so, and obviously I've made huge gains chess. I've told you guys in a story before that I couldn't even, I didn't, it wasn't until I was in my twenties. Could I hit a wheel on each side? Mm. So, and, and now I, I work out comfortably with 315, you know, so I'm not like the strongest guy in bench, but it's, I can put up some decent weight considering where I was definitely and started. And uh, a lot of that is due to just uh, periodization, learning how to rotate, like what we talked about, how you know the phases, just like our program goes, phase one, phase two, phase three, where you know you're focusing on specific things, and, and you don't ever have to really go to failure. You're just you you have to get out of the weight thing. Like people think, like, oh, I can only bench two twenty. You know, let's say your your bench is two twenty five, and you've been stuck at two twenty five for a year. And that's more than likely, like like Sal saying, you're probably tra- training to failure all the time or working your way up to that 225. And you probably have a certain way that you work up to that and you've worked up to that for like, get that out of your head, start lifting 185 and repping it out, you know, six to eight times. And then you do that for a couple of weeks. And then the next week after that, you drop it all the way down to one to three reps for, you know, two to three weeks. And then the next week after the next week's following after that, then you're doing 15 reps and you're supersetting and you're, you're, you know, fatiguing it out. Like Sal was talking about earlier, like these are things that you could totally do to, you know, continue to grow muscle, build muscle, even though you're not lifting heavier weight necessarily in that part of routine, when you come back around and you revisit lifting heavy, you will have built muscle. Mm-hmm. You, you will have built muscle. You will be stronger and you'll, you'll watch go up, but get out of that mentality of if you kind of lift always heavy, 
and you're thinking that way, which is typically what happens. Normally, someone who asks me about increasing their bench press or increasing weight, and I and I the first thing I ask, like, well, tell me how you lift right now, and they respond to me. It's normally like they have this, you know, oh, I, you know, eight to twelve reps, you know, and I I you know I warm up and then I work out this and that, and they kind of have the same split the same kind of uh, hypertrophy type training or a pretty similar modality all the time, all the time, you know, and that's why they've been kind of stuck. And it's like, dude, the best thing you can do is introducing like power movements out of your chest as well. Yeah, exactly. Fast. I'll I'll do body weight, explosive out the BOSU. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go through phases where, I incorporate plyometric work with like lifting, you know, that's so different from my body. And yeah, I have to do weight, lighter weight. I'm yeah. doing dumbbell flies with 35 pound getting dumbbells. getting stronger at your lockout. I do like really, really deep uh, dips. Yeah. Yep. And so I do that to increase my bench yep. all the time. That's and a great it really one. helps. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah. Uh, you, bend, uh, you could do uh, uh, pre- floor presses. Mm-hmm. Floor presses where you lay on the floor, you you unrack a barbell, like you're going to do a bench press, come down, the, rest your bo- the bottom of your arms on the floor, and then press it up. And you get that lockout yep. from that. So Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of really cool things that you can do like that. But I, that, I would think that that's the normal uh, the problem is that whatever they've been doing, they've probably been doing sure. it. Yeah. Definition of insanity. It's doing it. the same thing over and over Why again. Why is it not moving forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Shock very, it. Very Shock common. it off. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>